Welcome back to the XM Podcast. Here is your host, licensed mental health therapist, Matthew Kanabi. I just wanted to remind everyone as September winds down that this is Suicide Awareness and Prevention Month. This is a very serious topic and an issue we face every day. I have been very affected by friends who have completed suicide and others who have attempted, and I can say it is one of the most devastating realities we can face. Today on the podcast, we head back to Orlando, Florida and have a discussion with a great man and inspiration. Our guest today has so many credits to his name, I wouldn't even know where to begin. Pastor, author, counselor, and the list goes on. Please welcome to the show, Dr. Wade Goodall. Thank you, Matt. It's my honor to be here today, and um, I, I love Emerge Ministries. I've been connected to it for decades now. Yeah. My background, and I grew up in a non-Christian home. First time I heard the name of Jesus was when I was in the military. I was stationed on Guam. I was a drunken sailor, boxed for the Navy boxing team there. I was just full of anger. I grew up in a very rage, anger home. And then a missionary with the Assemblies of God led me to the Lord. I wandered into his church because it was near a bar I used to like to go to, and it didn't open until noon. So, and so I went in, and I didn't know what happened at church. But I heard the gospel of Jesus for the first time. One of our AG one of the AG missionaries, the Sons of God missionaries, his name was John Burke. And then I said, "Wow, this is." I sensed the presence of the Lord in the building. I didn't know what that was. Yeah. It felt fun. It felt great. And then I actually, they had a service that night. I didn't know they met that night. Instead of going to the bar, I went back to the base. I took a nap. I hadn't slept well in two years, full of torment. I didn't care if I lived any longer. And I went back that night because they had a service, and um, he led me to Christ. And I've never been the same. So um, then, uh, you know, I knew that um, I wanted to serve the Lord in helping people. In ministry, I wanted to see the world come to Jesus, and I wanted to see him become healthy people. God had just cleaned up my life. I couldn't do it on my own, but the Lord did it. Isn't that amazing? And uh, it's, yeah, it's just so many amazing things happened to me that I'm so grateful for. So over the years, you know, I, uh, I went to college, got a BA in Bible, BA in psychology. Then I went on into a state university, got a master's in counseling. And then I did two DMIN degrees. One is has emphasis in marriage and family, um, marriage and family, and the other one has is leadership. And so I just love DMIN degrees. But but I I grew up in a home where I didn't know I could do education if I could do education because I, I I got through because of sports, you know. Uh-huh. And they finally got rid of me, and then I enlisted in the military. But um, I I didn't think I could do the work in college. But my first semester was terrible. I almost dropped out. My wife stopped taking courses. She's an educa- educator, and to sit with me in the classroom and all of my courses and show me how to take notes. So she's been my partner and helper all of our life. <laughs> wow. We just celebrated 50 years. Oh, congratulations! Yeah. So what we did is, uh, you know, our whole goal when we got married was to hear the Holy Spirit and go wherever He asks us to go, whenever, wherever. It doesn't make any difference. We want to be vessels of the Lord. And so we did a lot of things to make sure we could always say yes to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so he's led us through this journey of ministry and life, and it's been absolutely astounding. Um, I would never have predicted I, I would have had all this stuff happen to me in ministry and all the responsibilities God's given me. I, I could never imagine. All I wanted to do was lead people to Jesus. 
and yeah. see them get their head together because you know, my head wasn't together when I came to the Lord. So we um, pastored in Seattle, a uh, large church there. We pastored in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. We planted the International Church in Vienna, Austria. And um, I've been a dean at one of the Assembly Guide universities. I'm a full professor. And now I create degrees, programs for universities on compassionate humanitarian care. Nice. That's kind of my background there. But um, with Emerge, you know, Doc Dobbins and I got to know each other. I was at headquarters serving under Dr. Tom Trask. And I ran the Enrichment Office, which created the Enrichment Journal. It became the number one clergy magazine in America in two years. And then I, I started at 800 Helpline because... I knew, being in ministry myself, pastoring and missionary work, that they needed a place to cry out. Mm. And so they needed someone to talk to. So who's going to be there? Like Dr. Don says, and I was said when so many times, how can I build fences at the top of the cliff instead of providing hearses <laughs> or so ambulances good. at the bottom when yeah. people fall? I wrote the book Why Great Men Fall. I've written 24 books. But 24? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but, Good for you. And this is a guy who couldn't pass English in, in school. <laughs> and so, But my wife is a professional editor. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> so you just start writing and she starts... People say, who's your editor? I said, well, I sleep with my editor. <laughs> Got to be careful who you say that to, you know. But uh, my dear wife, you know, of 50 years now. And so anyway... Um, that uh, emerged. I, I, I knew that we needed to create something. I went to the general superintendent, the executives at headquarters when I was there. I said, we need to create a helpline or something like that. I was good friends with H.B. London of mm-hmm. uh, Folks on the Family, and some remember him, just a hero of the faith that cared about pastors. And so um, I called H, and I said, how can I help our pastors and he said, come on over here mm-hmm. to Colorado Springs. And Jim Dobson says, give that guy everything. Give him the farm is the words he used. Wow. So H had an 800 helpline going. I said, tell me how you do this. And so, and then also all the materials H just gave them to me, folks and family stuff. And so then I knew that people wouldn't call a 417 area code. Right. You know, because that's headquarters. So right. when pastors and missionaries their spouse are going through great challenges in life big questions in life they they won't go to their presbyter in fact when i was presented it to the executives i said you know we need to create a way out for these people a way they can call out for help and not be reported but we get them fixed yeah. and they said well they can go to their presbyter or they can go to their district super-. i said you got to be kidding me no one's going to go to them right. i mean they're wonderful people and I think the perception that their policeman is wrong, right. but people are afraid when they're in trouble. Yeah. They want to be safe. They want to go to somewhere that can be trusted. So I talked to Doc. I said, Doc, how about if I ra- how about if we do the 800 helpline there? And uh, by the way, Trask and the other ones, they're wonderful leaders. Sure. You know, those Bridges, Trask, Crabtree, and George Wood. Yeah. And uh, they just didn't know how to do this. And so they said, well... You can do it if you can raise the money. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay. To raise the money to get it set up and emerge and to help pay for the concerts at that time and get all the systems going, it costs about $60,000. Wow. And I didn't have $60,000. Yeah. 
But what I did, I went to, I asked Brother Trask if I could speak a little bit to all the presbyters, executives and presbyters at General Consul, um, when they're doing their presbytery meetings. Mm. So he introduced me in a wonderful way. And the week before that, one of our ministers committed suicide. Oh, my. And I had the suicide letter. Mm. And I stood up after my introduction, and I said, all of you know you have pastors and people in ministry that are hurting, yeah. and they don't know where to go. I read the letter, mm. and in 90 seconds, I had $60,000 oh from their gosh. pockets. No kidding. So we had the money. We knew how to start it. You know, Doc was so helpful. All the team at Emerge was so helpful. And now I think it's, what is it, 25000 yeah. Something like that of uh, ministers and their spouse have called, yeah. and they're getting help. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit of my story. I have other I journeys love, I've gone on, but that yeah. has well, to do with I, helping I think pastors. one of the important things that we're celebrating this week is the 25th anniversary of the helpline, which is a big deal for Emerge. You know, 25 sure. years. I mean, I, I know Wednesday we're having a, a big luncheon to celebrate this, and you, and you are a huge part. I think you're speaking on Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yeah. um, I just think it's a huge resource. And one of the things that we talk about at Emerge is changing the mindset around mental health. Yes. And that it's not a weakness, but seeking out as if you if we were to get an injury on our arm, we would go seek a doctor. If we're if we're dealing with emotional uh, trauma, different things, we would seek out somebody to help us Absolutely. with that. Absolutely. Talk to me a little bit about your your obviously I didn't know about the the person who followed through with suicide and the timeliness of the helpline and everything. Um, obviously you've experienced a lot of mental health issues with the people you've been working with. Talk to me a little bit about Absolutely. that. Absolutely. You know, um, can I uh, tell you a story about a vision I had? I would, of course. <laughs> I was doing my undergraduate degree in Bible and theology, and um, and then I was about my second year into it. I just had gotten out of the Navy, you know, I went to, and so I was a little bit of an older student. And so um, I had a vision where I saw a leader, and he had like a hole in his head, this was a vision. I can still see it. Mm. And uh, full of Bible, theology, methods of ministry. But there was an empty emptiness there. And I saw me inserting Jesus in his principles in his life. And so the Lord spoke to me and said, not only do you need to know Bible and theology, you need to understand human behavior. You need to understand Amen. mental illness issues. And so... I said, I'm going to get a BA in psych, and then my friends thought I backslid after gra- after undergraduate work because I didn't go off to seminary. I went to a secular school, state university, and got a master's in counseling. They said, what's wrong with you? Something wrong? I said, no. And so I was one of the only guys around, like Doc was there, Dobbins, but I, I mean, no one was doing masters in counseling yeah. and but everybody started coming to me yeah and so then over the years i've recognized mental health issues depression in ministry marriage dysfunction uh crazy issues even abuse and sure. adultery and um clinical depression burnout um all that stuff yeah. You know, you just add it up, and it's and people in ministry are just like anyone else. That's right. They have the same challenges. So, you know, this 800 helpline has really helped them. But I recognize the need, and so my whole life has not just been pastoring or doing missionary or being a dean of university. I've applied the mental health issues, the humanitarian care stuff, 
how do you get well how do you stay well and because it's just it's a critical thing now you see a lot more acceptance of this yeah so i can't tell you how many hundreds of ministers i've referred to counseling yeah over the years how many times I've spoken on these issues and they just pack out full of need. They want to talk to someone. Yeah. And there might be pastors listening today that they know they need to talk to someone. Yeah. So call your 800 helpline. That's right. But because we will help them. There are tools that they can pick up. They don't have to live in misery. Right. They can live it with joy and peace in their life. Yeah. I went through a clinical depression. Um we pat we planted the international church in vienna austria i was tired when i went there mm-hmm. and i got there and the church took off every pastor's dream there's no bible believing church in vienna when we went there and so the church took off and um i was exhausted i knew i was going through depression because i teach on that yeah yeah you, you, know? were, you were very aware of the the definition of yeah. it yeah. And I was having my own torment in my life. Where every time I got behind the pulpit, I felt peace and anointing. But when I stepped away, I, I just wanted to lay down, go to bed. And so when we left there after planting the church, and today it's doing great, mm-hmm. um, I got help from a wonderful Christian psychologist. And he, and he and I said, I think I'm going crazy. Mm. And I said, I think my wife and children would be better off without me. Aww. I didn't have any hope. Um, yeah. I believed in God, no hope. I was so worn out. And he, he laughed at me, and my wife started laughing at me when I said that. <laughs> and my wife said, you got to be kidding me. Me leaving you, I'm with you no matter what. Uh-huh. And then the psychologist started laughing at me, and I, I felt like, don't they get it? Yeah. They, and he said, Wade, you are not crazy. Yeah. You have your priorities out of order. Yeah. You don't know how to rest. He said, I'm going to repattern your life over the next year. I'm going to give you antidepressants, mm-hmm. and someone's going to help you sleep. You're going to do it for a couple of years, and then you'll have your ducks in a row. You get it? Yeah. And so he helped wow. me, and I, so I understand it. I thank you for, for being so transparent with that. I think it's important. I, I share this all the time on the podcast, that oftentimes our issues come from being on an island and feeling like we're the only ones experiencing it. And for the, the experience and the, the, the things that you've done in the ministry, to be able to come out and go, you know what, I'm, I dealt with depression. Yeah. I think that's huge because there's a lot of pastors out there that are like, I'm going to lose everything I have if I come out and say I'm dealing with anxiety right. or depression. Right. And it's not a true statement. I don't think we're expected to be perfect, but it's about progress. Yeah. That's really good. Absolutely. Well, I look back on that time. Now, going through it, I would have rather have lost a leg or two. Sure. Um, it was absolute misery yeah. and torment. Now I look back and I thank God for it. Yeah. Because I think I'm a better Christian. I think I'm a better father, better husband. Yeah. I'm a better minister. And I can see depression a block away when it's walking toward me sure. and someone else. And I just plain get it. Yeah. I get on their wavelength, but also marriage dysfunction. All that stuff that you do at Emerge, you know, all those helps need to be available. And yeah. any pastor, any person needs to know there is help out there. Yeah. God will help them. If you get the right tools in your toolbox, yeah. it'll help them. Well, and as a mental health therapist, I think our empathy level ex- exponentially grows to be able to go, I know the negative 
cognitive belief system. The, sure. the idea of like my family would be better off without me. You and I could sit back now looking back going, that is completely an untrue statement. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, right. I think the family is one of the most important things in our country that we need to be focused on. Yeah. And there's so many men, especially, and I'm sure women too, but I think men, there's a massive issue with men going, ah, they, they'd be better off without me and I'm bailing out of the family. And, yeah. and I think that it's good that God utilizes that in men like, because I dealt with that stuff myself. I dealt with an anxiety sure. issue that I talk about all the time and that's what got me into Emerge. I came as a client and ended up years later becoming a clinician because my wow. journey started. way to go. <laughs> yeah, my journey started and I was like, I need to understand this this mental health thing because it's a real thing. Absolutely. And now I sit with clients and I can be like, you know what? Um, I get it. Yeah. And, it, and I get it because I experience, not because of anything else. I understand what you're going through. You know, there's a great verse in the, in the Beatitudes. It's in Mark, uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 7. And uh, out of the Message Bible, it says, Blessed are those who care, for they will be cared for. Mm. So the whole thing of mercy and counseling, and the thing that happened to me, like Paul writes in Second Corinthians, that God is a God of compassion. Mm. He's a God of comfort. And with the comfort you've received, you'll comfort others. And so I, going through that time of deep depression, not caring if I lived, saying my family would be better off without me, looking back at that, I, I received care and help. I had some medication. I had great Christian counseling from a great psychologist yeah. and a clinical psychologist. And, uh, and I walked through and And so... Now, I, my life, I want to give that care away. Yeah. So all of us need care, but when we're cared for, we help. We, we understand caring for others more. Yeah. Um, Dr. Wade, I'd like to talk a little bit about your perspective of, let's just talk about the last year and a half. I feel like I, I work with a lot of pastors, and I feel like the last year and a half has brought on a lot of challenges and, and things that maybe we haven't experienced to the level that we have maybe in years past. And, and I think a lot of pastors have been put up against things that maybe they weren't really prepared for. What have you noticed? Oh, I've noticed that, yeah, one of my involvements is I'm, I'm called the Strategic Pastor Advisor for Folks and Family. And so they work about 200,000 pastors and, and then all the AG networks and like that. Um, and discouragement. Um, I know numerous pastors that were planning churches before COVID that are no longer there. I don't yeah. know where they are. They're discouraged. They walked away. Depression kinds of issues. Marriage dysfunction yeah. because in the house and all that, all that's going on. And, um, you know, and then they, they're struggling at home. They don't know where their people are. All that stuff's going on. And then money, you know, they, some, most church pastors are pastors of churches of 100 and less. Yeah. And so all that stuff has impacted them, plus fear of COVID. So today, when I talk to pastors, I'm seeing discouragement. Yeah. They need hope. They need encouragement. And, and, but they are worn out, feeling beaten up confused yeah. and need to talk to someone yeah yeah I, over the past year I mean I've, I've worked with dozens of pastors um, doing clinical counseling with them and I can't tell you how many have sat down with me and said Matt I did not sign up for this 
Like right. I, I was called to the ministry, right. but whatever this is, 50% of my congregation is not going to be happy with whatever decision I make, and it, I can't, I can't yeah. live with that kind of pressure. It's very, diff- very difficult. It's, uh, it is. Uh, pastoring is hard work. I mean, it's, it's one of. The, if you're not called, don't do it. Yeah. I mean, if God doesn't call you, d- stay away from it. Do yeah. something different. You know, have a Bible study or something. Sure. Or, but I, I think that is a huge issue. I think pastors, you know, what I learned to do in my life, because I've gone through those things too. Sure. I mean, there's always people against you. I had six I had six death threats one year, three of them were bomb threats. FBI came to my house. Oh my you know, goodness. like who teaches you that in Bible college or seminary? <laughs> there's not a class on so that, I'm the pretty chief, sure. Chief police came to my house, he said, Doctor Goodall, we love you here. And I said, Well, I love you too. He said, Do you have a gun? I said, what do you mean? I, I hunt, you know, I have a shotgun. He said, no, do you have a, like a revolver gun? I said, well, no, I don't. He said, buy one, put bullets in it, and are you able to shoot someone if they're invading your house after you? And I said, well, oh I guess gosh. I can. You know, I'm a war veteran, so I guess I can. But it's like, what, where do you learn that in seminary or Bible college? Like, good grief. Oh, wow. You know, then you get into it, like, you need God, I mean, yeah. to help you. And so if you're not careful... To pace yourself and and find solitude, take a Sabbath. It's a mandatory thing. Amen. When is your day off, and do you really rest? Yeah. And pace yourself. We're visionaries as pastors. We have great dreams, but got to do that and and take care of yourself. Do a date night with your wife every week. Yep. Have times of intimacy. If you don't, you're losing out on a lot of fun. You know, just do that. <laughs> right. You know, and right. you never get too old for that stuff. And so, build that that balance in your life. Balance yeah. is the key. Absolutely. And your peace that you have in the Lord, then you can withstand the hits. Yeah. You remember, these are people that need Jesus and need to grow up in Jesus. Absolutely. <laughs> I love that. I mean, we preach self care so much. I mean, self care is such an important part of of taking care of yourself. And, and I think a lot of times we we sacrifice ourselves thinking we're helping others. Yeah. But I know when we practice self-care, you're going to be a better husband, you're going to be a better pastor, you're going to be better in your role. Yes. And it's like, it's a mindset. My wife and I talk about this all the time. It's like, I, I, I enjoy golfing. I love golfing. Um, and it's something like, we, we have a little one and it doesn't seem like there's a lot of time for that. But my wife will be like, hey, go golf. Because when you come back, you're going to be better for both of us. And it's like, if you just take that little bit of time, and, and I think it, yeah. it's very, especially so in a true. pastoral role, it's so easy to be on call all the time. It's a 24-7 role yes. and not take that time out and go, and I need to take care of myself. Um, Dr. Wade, talk to me a little bit about what it looks like maybe moving forward. Um, we, we talked about a little bit of what the last couple of years looked like, especially for pastors and in the ministry, but what, what kinds of things are you looking forward to and uh, moving towards in, in the next year as we're coming hopefully out of what 2020 was and, and everything? Well, I think this has been a real shakeup for everybody in not just America, but the world. I think pastors have really taken a hit, yeah. and those are obvious things. Um, I, uh, I am an optimist. I'm a visionary. And I, I, I have great hope and faith in the future. However, I'm a realist. I'm practical. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, it might not end as soon as we want it to, for sure, right. or we think it could. So hold steady and remember our calling is in the Lord. And so people are afraid, too, in our cities and our communities. And so take care of the people. Once the Lord spoke to me very clearly, we were in deep trouble with debt at our church. 
and I was like panicked, anxiety attacks. I was just like, yeah. what are we going to do? I inherited the church when I came back from Vienna, and they told me everything was cool. But when you get there, it's not cool. You know, it's like kind yeah. of a deal. So anyway, I, I stopped eating. And okay. I was three days into the fast, and the Lord spoke to me. You take care of the people, I'll take care of the money. Wow. Take care of the people. Shepherd the people. Keep them in the Word. Give them hope and encouragement. All this other stuff is happening to you, but keep it together. And keep yourself together, balanced, your marriage, rest, having fun, doing crazy things, you know? Good. It just chill out yeah. and walk in your dream as you yeah. want to pastor people. Take care of the people. God yeah. will take care of the money. I love that. I mean, I, I think that's so true. I mean, we, we say this all the time. It's like, can we focus on what we need to take care of today let god worry about what what's going to happen tomorrow and let's be present in every situation that, that we can be today um dr wade thank you so much for being on the podcast My honor, is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience or anything about uh the convention or anything that you would like to uh give us a a, a last uh last note well this is a great convention here i mean there's thousands and thousands of pastors so i'm looking for sad eyes yeah <laughs> I go to the people who look the most lonely. That's where I want to be. And and so, um, I mean, I, I have great hope in the future. This is a great time to be alive. Yeah. It's a great time to pastor people, you know. In the darkest hours, someone said, you know, little light, that shines the brightest, you know. And so shine wherever you are. Be practical. Take care of yourself. And uh, God will take care of you. I have no doubt he's working ahead of all of that's right. The people that are listening, every one of us. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. I, I know this is a busy uh, week for you and everything and fitting us in and is really great. And I can't wait to see you speak on Wednesday. I'll be at the luncheon on Wednesday. You're so we're very kind. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you. Well, thank you, Dr. Wade, for sharing your story and being such a great leader in our community and a voice reminding us that it is okay to not be okay so that we can be empowered to get the help we so need to get us healthy. I appreciate Dr. Wade's vulnerability as he spoke about the loss he experienced to suicide in the church and his battle with depression and the journey for him to get to wellness. I hope if you are listening to this and have struggled or are struggling with suicidal thoughts or plans, that you would reach out to someone you are cared for and you are created in the image of God. Please hear me when I say you are loved and are important. Your journey is not over, possibly just beginning. Talk to someone, a pastor, a counselor, a friend. Get that conversation started. Well, until next time, or when our Savior comes, God bless.